Welcome to this week's Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup. I'm Susan Littlefield. A lot of things that we're going to take a look at today. The cool thing is we're going to start everything in the South. As you can see, John's on the screen with us. So we're going to get a real insight as to what is happening with these crops. I've seen some pictures on Twitter. We know the planters are either running or getting there to run. But is there going to be some acre disputes between wheat and soybeans? It may be small, but this little bean fuels a lot of power. It powers a food industry as a top source of protein. It's a fuel that powers diesel engines with fewer emissions. It powers a state economy and bottom lines. And it powers the rest of the world as a top Nebraska export. Yeah, it may be small, but we're finding more ways for this little bean to power Nebraska. We have got, of course, P.J. Conrad and John Fanner joining us now, both of them with trade-offs. As we look at the markets, John, we've got to start with you because the South makes things a little interesting when we wonder, is there going to be a trade war between uh, corn and beans? Acre war, I should say. Well, you know, down here, um, there was a lot of wheat planted this year, and those acres will eventually go to beans, you know, this summer as they harvest the wheat. So not going to be much of an acre battle there. Um, one thing you might see, you know, there's still maybe some push and pull uh, left between cotton and corn. Uh, cotton prices were up uh, really good today. They had kind of neutralized around a dollar a pound. And uh, today we're up around a dollar five a pound. So historically, that's an extremely good price. However, uh, chemical availability is becoming an issue down here for cotton. Um, for those who don't know, uh, cotton, it's not exactly an easy crop to raise. Sometimes it requires eight to 10 passes over the field throughout the season. Um, but that being said, uh, acres are probably set other than maybe some fringe acres or, you know, again, if, if chemical availability becomes a problem, but uh, probably not enough to move the needle nationwide uh, down here. Is there, is there though, concerns um, with, with weather and, and the price that we've seen in some of these contracts of soybeans and wheat that there might be a little bit of headbutting between the two for acre numbers? Um, I mean, everything is generally pretty high priced. Um, that's that's kind of the reason why there may not be a lot of uh, the only thing that, you know, cotton gives an advantage on the insured price. Right now, your guarantee per acre um, is higher dollars per acre than corn. Um, however, you know, sometimes it just does come down to rotation as well. Um, when you I know a lot of guys, you know, when I asked if cotton prices were going higher this year, would they switch and go a lot heavier cotton and maybe get rid of corn and go more, you know, 15 years ago? That's how it was down here. There wasn't hardly any corn. Uh, most of them said they found out that it's a great rotation. Uh, cotton grows really well after a grain. And so they're probably going to kind of stick to that rotation unless something gets really out of whack. And right now, when you look at the numbers, nothing's far enough out of whack to really move that needle. Where are you at when it comes to planting right now? Because I know I've seen a few pictures. So here in North Alabama, we haven't started yet. Uh, it's still been cool. Um, you know, we do get the cold fronts that come down here far enough. Now you get down into Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Texas. Places like that, planters are rolling. In fact, you know, down South Texas in the Valley, you know, they've been rolling for a while. They've been rolling for about two to three weeks. Um, but overall, we're barely just getting started as the Southeast as a whole. Um, but over the next two to three weeks, I'll probably see, especially if it uh, dries out and weather warms up here in North Alabama, um, we will definitely start seeing the planters roll. All right, PJ, he just used a word that we don't get to say, and that's dry out. <laughs> um, it's extremely dry up up in our neck of the woods. Having said that, what pressure is that going to put on on planting here? You know, here in uh, southeast Nebraska, we got what 
either side of an inch of rain last night, and I, I keep getting uh, text notifications from our school's bus that they are not going to travel on any uh, gravel roads uh, because they cannot get up and down them. So that's uh, one inch of rain really changed things. And yes, we're dry. Uh, have faith that we're going to get rain. Where we go from here and acres aside, I do think one thing that John said about uh, fertilizer and chemical on cotton does that affect, say, the Dakotas when it comes to can they get product when they need it? I know uh, internally we have a client that bought some ground up in uh, South Dakota, maybe it's having some issues locking things in and guaranteeing delivery. And that should be on everyone's mind, but that's nothing. Uh, it's out of your control, so you, you can't uh, let that dictate you either. So, Well, we only got 20 hundreds here, so you must have been in the garden spot. Having said that, though, is there going to be a corn versus bean acre to the north uh, war going on? There very well could be. I think my general opinion on this and talking about other, you know, let's say agronomists in the area, is there was a lot of fall anhydrous put down. So maybe a lot of those corn acres in central Nebraska, Nebraska in general are decided. The Dakotas to me, and that's always every year, it's the fringe acres. So you take your Dakotas, et cetera. Are they going to plant more corn or beans? I believe, and, and don't quote me on this, but the day plant a lot of soybeans last year, South Dakota, North Dakota, you're not going to go beans on beans. So what are you going to do if, you, if you're having a hard time getting fertilizer? Do you go more of a milo, more of a feed grain type situation, especially where there are short uh, forage type things up there? Could that affect our acre situation longer term? I would assume that to be a, a very viable thing, but... Uh, what's USDA going to show in two weeks? That's the $100 million question. And I'm not going to step in front of that bus either. <laughs> John, as we look to the, to the south, what's old crop look like for you guys? Are the bins pretty empty? Yep, bins are getting empty. This is, uh, t this is very typical for the south. You know, as we are getting prepared to go to the field um, and our crop season is kind of, it's, it's a little more broken out, you know, our planting season. So we'll roll into corn and then some early season beans and then um, cotton and then we'll harvest wheat and we'll plant our, our late season bean or beans after wheat. And so they like to have all their corn moved because come say first of April, they're busy all the way through the end of June, middle of July. I mean, and then, then you got your spraying, your post applications, things like that. So yeah, bins are about empty down here uh, for the most part. Uh, the inverse in the market here, you know, May futures were about 30 to 40 cents higher than July for the better part of the last month or maybe a little longer. So the, the inverse did its job. It emptied the bins out. Basis was strong. Um, now with the wheat market and everything, you know, when the war started, Ukraine and Russia, uh, wheat market went kind of bananas, went up $5 in literally, I think, six or seven trading sessions. And so that also caused those inverses in, in corn and beans to blow apart too and, and get further inverted. And so that, that kind of exacerbated getting that corn and those beans moved out. But also then it got people scared and they started rolling to the July and it caused a lot of basis issues and a lot of confusion for about a week. But it's kind of settled out now and and the market has kind of, I guess, reached a more equilibrium. I guess it's not, probably not the best term, but, you know, it's it settled down to where things are, are trading more normal now. All right. Well, as we continue here at the Nebraska Soybean Board Weekly Market Roundup, it's being brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. PJ? In the north, I've seen a lot of grain moving out of bins, a lot of old crop headed out basis numbers with this old crop what are you thinking uh definitely here's my kind of catch all to all of it you know if you have hedges on and you're looking at old crop stuff i think you got to be proactive and move things april may is a great time if you can logistically pull it off just because we're going to see some sort of short pump there and basis 
as a farmer, I don't necessarily, unless they're gambling bushels, think you should really roll into, say, July, August, SEP, thinking you're going to see this massive better number. It, historically, it's not a good idea to keep rolling through inverses. And so I'm really trying to deter people from that unless you're willing to take a dollar up or down. But you could say the same thing about futures price if you're unhedged. Is there really, we can sit here and say, yes, uh, you know, just throw out a number 20 under basis for March is bad. Well, yes, it is bad. But at the same time, you're looking at, you know, that's 692 corn in this environment. That's great. That's not focused so much on basis, which, you know, we we really preach basis and everything else. But at the same time, when you have futures levels where they're at, sometimes it's best to part ways and not worry about some of those finer details when you're catching a dollar rally in the last three weeks with everything going on. That's part ways with it. Be happy with what we have and focus on this 22 crop uh, before we get planted too. Are we worried about any freight costs as, as prices continue to rise? It seems like on the rail, definitely there, there's increased freight costs there, you know, fuel surcharges in the BN and, and car costs and everything with the UP is potentially going to cause some havoc when it comes to basis. Um, it, uh, ethanol, obviously always a driver. What's going to drive that moving forward? Margins aren't great, but uh, historically they're never great. So that's just uh, hope everyone keeps grinding and we find homes for everything. We don't see my larger Term concern, you look at this from a bigger picture standpoint, is what kind of demand destruction are we trying to do or is happening that we're not realizing right now that will come out to be here in three, four, five months that no one's thinking about. And that's the thing, I guess, if you're looking for a black swan, so to speak, um, that's where prices can really roll back. And that's why I'm a big proponent, and uh, John as well, of this being uh, proactive sellers. Uh, we can be patient, but we got to be proactive too. John, I see you shaking your head in definite agreement with that. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, if, if your bias is that the futures could go higher or you just have that fear of missing out that futures could go significantly higher. And that's and that's that's a real fear. Right. We just saw wheat. you know, guys are fairly heavily marketed on wheat by this time of year. And it just went up five dollars. Now, granted, that was an extremely well, it was the first time it ever happened. I was going to say abnormal, but it's never happened. So thinking that it can't happen in other commodities would be a little bit naive. So, you know, if you are I'm like Phil. There's a lot of money on the table right now. Take it. And if you want to, you know, stay long your corn or whatever it is, beans, buy some call options and then just start focusing on 22 crop because the black swan that he's talking about is, you know, have we with these higher prices destroyed demand enough to where we're going to have a bigger carryout than what we expect right now? You know, in, in two months, is that carryout going to have grown by three or 400 million bushels? And then all of a sudden we're actually raising a decent crop and then boom, prices fall off and you carry, you know, corn through a 35, 40 cent inverse. And then now we're at 575 instead of 740. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's, I'm in the same boat, you know, just if you want to, if you want to stay long ownership, buy it on paper, get rid of the physical bushels, get that out of your, get that headache gone. So you can focus on planting a crop, spraying a crop. And you don't have to worry about moving bushels in the summer. Real quick, want to ask you this weekend, how much influence is that going to have on Sunday night's trade, not knowing what's happening in the Black Sea region? Um, that's uh, uh, I, it's obviously going to have a, a reaction. Exactly. But overall, <laughs> it, we have a lot of that baked in. I think really the headline risk at this point is do things get worse? You know, to China meeting with U.S. except. <laughs> 